It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Jaguars are on a shopping spree. The Broncos get defensive in free agency. Plus, how much pressure is on Duke in the NCAA tournament? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Jacksonville Jaguars have been the player in free agency so far, and we haven't even officially started free agency, just the tampering period. And yet the Jacksonville Jaguars have allocated almost $200 million in contracts. They're probably not going to pay out all of those in full, but still it gives you an idea of just how much this team has spent. Joining me now from Locked On Jaguars, Tony Wiggins. And Tony, this is a team that they had the number one overall pick for a reason. They were bereft of talent. Still, why are they spending like they have an Amex black card? Because they haven't done it in the past. Too many times in the past, what they've decided to do was go safe, go infrastructure, uh, take their time and be frugal, thinking that, you know, you know, it's not as if Ron Wolf and Bobby Beathard were over there making picks. So that just didn't work out for him. And now you get a new staff. You have a quarterback in his second season. And if you don't surround him with talent, you're going to ruin him. Now, I'm not one of those guys that goes crazy over the total number. I pay more attention to guarantees. They've really front-loaded a lot of these contracts. If they have to get rid of them and get out of them in three years, it really won't hurt them too bad. As you look at some of these signings, there's some really good stuff in here. I love the Brandon Scherf contract. I thought Evan Ingram was a worthy gamble given the talent there. Which one stands out to you for better or for worse? Christian Kirk. And the reason is because uh, he's a proven slot guy. Look, he's not... When you see that money, you think, why did they do that? Okay, show me another alternative or an option. He's four years younger than Amari Cooper. People seem to think that Amari Cooper is sort of on the downslope a little bit. Christian Kirk is fast. He has that punt return ability that, he, that once he catches the ball. He's a pure slot guy. 72 catches for 900 yards is not a bad thing for a playoff team when they had other weapons around him. So, you think that uh, the Jaguars don't have someone like that, so they need to get a guy who can separate. They need, and, and they're gonna, they're not done with with just him, but he's getting thirty seven million over the first two years. After the third year, if they want to commit to another sixteen million, they could probably spread that out a little bit. If it doesn't work out, then after two years, he's gone. He got thirty seven million dollars, no harm, no foul. Here's my thing about that. I, I love Christian Kirk, and I think you're absolutely right. I also said I like Evan Ingram. Those guys, to me, not that you would use them in the same way, but they're both slot guys. Evan Ingram is not a tight end, regardless of what the depth chart says. He is best split out. And LaVisca Chenault, who they just used a top 100 pick on, is also best from the slot. How do they find roles for all these guys? 
I don't think LaVisca is high on their priority list. I could be wrong by that. In fact, when I was in Mobile at the Senior Bowl, I had not people in the business, but people who cover other teams, in particular the Raiders and the and the Patriots, told me that their teams would probably be interested in LaVisca. I'm just not as high on him as everyone else. He doesn't run very well, and uh, he had the drops his last year. So if you don't run, you need to be able to catch, and if you can't catch it, you better be able to run, and he doesn't do either one of those things very well. I think they're going to play Kirk a little bit outside, and then I think uh, when you think about Doug Peterson and his offense, they love having multiple guys on the field, those slot types, two tight ends, and, and maybe they don't have two tight ends with Kirk. I do think, though, that the Ingram signing was made necessary because they actually need a red zone threat. They don't have a lot of tall wide receivers. So I think uh, the specific thing of giving Trevor Lawrence another target in the red zone was the importance in bringing in Evan Ingram. The Broncos are getting defensive in free agency, plus a goodbye to Cleveland from Baker. That's next. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. There have been a lot of rumors around who will play quarterback for the Cleveland Browns in 2022. Will it be Deshaun Watson? Will it be former number one overall pick, Baker Mayfield. Baker took to Twitter last night to express thanks to the city of Cleveland saying, I have given this franchise everything I have, whatever happens. I just want to say thank you to the fans who truly embrace who I am, the mentality that aligned so well with this city's hard working people. Even if Deshaun Watson is not the quarterback of the Cleveland Browns this season, it seems like it will not be Baker Mayfield either. Bryson Etienne scored 21 and Texas Southern beat Texas A&M Corpus Christi 76-67 on Tuesday night in the first four of the NCAA tournament. The Cowboys earned their third NCAA tournament win in five seasons and will play top-seeded Kansas in the Midwest first round. P.J. Henry hit a go-ahead free throw to highlight a 7-0 run in which Texas Southern took the lead and never surrendered. I know that technically it is an NCAA tournament win, but... I refuse to acknowledge this as a win. If you're in the 64, that's a win. Before that, sorry, it's not a win. In the second first four game, the Indiana Hoosiers advanced over the Wyoming Cowboys 66-58. Indiana will go on to play the five-seed St. Mary's in the East region. This is the 39th tournament appearance for the Hoosiers. They have eight Final Fours and five championships. The Brooklyn Nets were on the road in Orlando, which meant they had Kyrie. Turns out, pretty good to have Kyrie Irving. Doug Norrie locked on Nets here with just six words for you. Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving. The Nets take down the Magic 150-108. to Kyrie drops 60 in just 35 minutes on 20-31 from the field. 8-12 from 3. 
12 from 13 from the line. The Orlando Magic fans were cheering for him to get back on the court by the time it was all said and done. A truly historic performance by Kyrie Irving in a game that, you know, he's going to be able to rest because he's not going to be able to play on Wednesday due to everything that's happening in New York City. But for the time being, we get to witness greatness. Kyrie Irving, absolutely unbelievable in the Brooklyn Nets win. We are going to be talking about all of this and more over on the Locked On Nets podcast. Speaking of Kyrie, as we often do, as the vaccination statuses of Major League Baseball players come in to increased focus, unvaccinated players are ineligible to play games in Toronto because of Canada's COVID-19 guidelines, while those on the Yankees and Mets currently would be unable to play in home games because of New York City's private employer mandate. Some have announced they received shots during the offseason. Yankees outfielder Aaron Judge evaded questions when asked by reporters about his vaccination status, saying, I am still focused on getting through the first game of spring training. Could we have a Kyrie Irving situation all over again, but make it baseball? Quarterback Terod Taylor, who played last season with the Houston Texans, intends to sign a two-year, $17 million deal with the New York Giants. The deal includes $8.5 million in guaranteed money. According to a source, Taylor said on Twitter, NYC, with about half a dozen exclamation points, seemingly clarifying his impending signing. The Giants made obtaining a capable veteran backup quarterback a priority this offseason. They took a run at Mitchell Trubisky, who signed to likely be the starter in Pittsburgh at the beginning of the tampering period. Here's what to look for coming up on Bet Online, your number one spot for your daily gambling needs. Let's look at the odds to win the NCAA tournament. Gonzaga is the favorite at four to one. Right behind them, Kentucky six to one. Arizona plus six seventy-five. Bet Online has the rest as follows: Baylor eleven to one, Duke eleven to one, Kansas fourteen to one, Auburn eighteen to one, Villanova twenty-two to one, Tennessee twenty-two to one, and UCLA twenty-eight to one among some of the top programs in the nation. Bet Online, where the game starts. Here is another story you need to know. The Denver Broncos made the first big splash of the offseason trading for superstar quarterback Russell Wilson, but their offseason did not stop there during the legal tampering period. They have agreed to terms with Randy Gregory from the Dallas Cowboys in a truly bizarre situation there. And defensive tackle DJ Jones joining me now from Locked on Broncos, Cody Rourke and Cody. What has necessitated this defensive front retooling for Denver? Well, you know, for the Denver Broncos, Peter, they struggled last year against the run. You know, they did lose Von Miller to an injury a little bit at the midway part of the season on Thursday night football. He missed the next week. They traded him away, and then they had Bradley Chubb and a bunch of other guys there. Mike Purcell went down with an injury as well, and the Broncos really struggled for a three-week stretch back-to-back, giving up a big-time yardage, uh, you know, allowance to running backs like Dearness Johnson. He became a household name because of his game against the Denver Broncos. So for George Payton and the Broncos, they really believe that stopping the run is an important element of their game. And that's what they're doing. DJ Jones will be an anchor against the run. And you have Draymond Jones, Mike Purcell there on the interior. And now you get Randy Gregory opposite of Bradley Chubb. That right there predicates off the fact that they want to get after the quarterback and they want to stop the run. The pressure looks are going to be very interesting, though, because the Broncos are going to be rumored to be playing a lot of nickel and dime coming up here in 2022. So 
how does this set up for the rest of their offseason? Because they have their quarterback. We know they have some nice young pieces. They did have to give up Noah Fant in that trade. So what's next on the agenda for Denver? Denver needs some help at the cornerback position. They had a couple of expiring contracts, obviously one of them being Bryce Callahan, who is, you know, his contract expiring. He played in the nickel under Vic Fangio's defense. Right now, the Broncos have Ronald Darby on the outside and Patrick Sertan and some young guys, Michael Ojemudia, Asang Bassi, who they just reclaimed off of waivers and it became official after the Super Bowl was officially complete. So they have some young guys there in that room, but they need some more depth, especially if they're going to be playing a little bit more of that six-man defensive back look. Now, outside of that, too, I, I also factor in... I wouldn't be surprised if they have to go out and try to get another edge rusher here, Peter, because here's the deal. The concerns that I think I've had with the Randy Gregory signing, obviously for him, all the seasons that he's played in the NFL, he has yet to finish a single season fully. Now there's been a combination of suspension, some injuries, I think for him as well that have impacted that. But then you have Bradley Chubb, who's also dealt with a variety of ups and downs and injuries and maybe not being able to finish a full season. So you have two edge rushers that do have this tendency, at least on paper, to not be able to finish out full seasons. If you lose one of those guys, the Broncos are back at square one, an edge rusher with some of the struggles that they've had. And as we know, Peter, you have to have depth at that position as well. I mean, you have to have depth at every position, but in a division that contains Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr, you have to find a way to get pressure on opposing QBs. I mentioned the bizarre situation with Randy Gregory. He was only allowed to go to Denver. He, he only chose to go to Denver because of a one-yard line misstep by the Dallas Cowboys with a contract detail, what can you tell us about that? So from what the report suggests is that there was some language. There was a difference in language initially. The Dallas Cowboys put out the official tweet that, hey, we have come to terms on a five-year, $70 million deal with Randy Gregory. And then all of a sudden, we saw that, hey, that not so fast. And we're, everyone was wondering, what the heck is going on here? Well, apparently, after the contract proposal was sent over, the reports and the rumors suggest that there were some language modifications that were going to be proposed afterwards. And Randy Gregor's like, nah, I'm not cool with that. So he already had an offer on the table for the Broncos, who apparently never had him as the number one edge rusher on their free agency board here this offseason. So he's like, I'm going to Denver. And thus that move happened, which was a shocking turn of events because it was almost like it was a done deal, Peter, in Dallas. And everyone was talking about this was a big moment for Randy Gregory, a big moment for Jerry Jones, who had so much belief. And obviously for Randy Gregory, who's turned some things around from the early parts of his career. This was the true shocker so far of the offseason. Coming up, how much pressure is on Duke in Coach K's swan song this NCAA tournament? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And it's the best tasting protein bar ever. They've got these new things that if you haven't tried, you have to. Built Puffs, protein infused marshmallow, and then covered in chocolate. Like, are you serious? And one of the flavors, churro, unbelievable. Coconut marshmallow, also a personal favorite of mine. All these bars, low calorie, high in fiber, High in protein, 
low in net carbs. You you won't believe it until you taste them for yourself. So to do that, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. Five teams out of the ACC made the field for the NCAA tournament, although Notre Dame's spot is not a given. They play in the early playoff. I can't, I, I can't get, I can't get down with the, with the first four. I just don't like the name. We have to figure something else out. We just, we have to change it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joining me now from locked on ACC, Candace Cooper and, and Candace. Um, I, I mentioned the five teams, mm-hmm. but only one is higher than a five seed. How yeah. much pressure is there on Duke both bec- to carry the torch for the ACC, but also in coach K's final ride to make a deep run, if not compete for a title. You know, at this point, I feel like it's very on brand for them. They're going to make the national championship game and they're going to lose because that would be just very much on brand for what's been going on for them these past few, like the last few moments for Coach K. But no, all in all seriousness, I think that they're going to have, you know, a very hard road ahead of them just from what the pressure is like being between 18, 20 years old. I think they average like 18 and a half years old. So they're all trying to focus and really, you know, make sure they take each game one game at a time and play kind of more relaxed than we have seen especially with the ACC championship game you could just tell like they just mentally were checked out because I think there's too much pressure on the coach K thing I think he got it wrong in terms of making this whole big to do because his guys are just not equipped for it maybe given any other year maybe some other guys might have handled it better but this team is just not so all that pressure on top of being the ACC listen you got to hold it down for the squad it's a lot going on over there for those boys in blue not to mention they have the the quadrant of death. That is by far, I think, the <laughs> hardest of the bracket sides. So th- that adds even more pressure. Do you think Coach K will change his approach at all? Like what what do you think he can do to maybe take some pressure off of these guys? Because it's not like they don't have talent. They have McDonald's All-Americans up and down the roster. They have a potential number one pick in the NBA draft. How can he make this work? You know, I think he's going to have to lean on John Shire a little bit more and just let him, you know, do some sort of the X's and O's. Like Coach K, I would argue, has been not the greatest coach in the past few years, but certainly he is the staple part of a program. But if he takes himself out of it for a second and just allows the young guys to really listen to those assistants, I think maybe they'll be better off. So maybe if he takes a back seat and doesn't go too hard. Just give that encouragement. Be that encouragement grandpa, right? Let's be the one who like <laughs> doesn't go too hard in the paint for them, but be like, come on, guys. I know you can do it. So he's going to have to be a more of a cheerleader, I feel like, this go out. All right. Speaking of cheerleaders, uh, there there are going to be fans, plenty of plenty of them around the ACC cheering for their teams. We have UNC, Virginia Tech, Miami, and and Notre Dame. We'll see what happens on Wednesday night with Notre Dame. Of the more long shot type teams, who do you think is best equipped? Whether it's because of the talent on their team or because of the draw that they got to make a run here. Listen, I think Virginia Tech is the hottest team in the country. They have nothing to lose, and no one expects them to do more. They didn't expect them to do what they did, so why not them? I think they have to have that energy, right, going into this tournament where anything can absolutely happen, and they're not going into it being some scrub conference where they just happen to be there. They're playing against some of the heavy hitters. They have veteran leadership on their side. They have a really good coach, so why not Virginia Tech? If you are a Hokies fan, I swear to you, you better be feeling good about this game going into Texas. I know it's Texas, it's the Longhorns, but Virginia Tech is nothing to sleep on. 
And finally, Washington star Alex Ovechkin took another step on Tuesday night on the all-time NHL goal-scoring list. Hello, this is Dan Holmey from Locked On Capitals. Dan Caps 218 on Twitter. Wow, what an amazing evening for Alex Ovechkin in the Washington Capitals as Alex passes Yamir Yager to get goal number 767. And uh, Yamir Yager had a message for Alex after the game. He says, as you know, I didn't retire from hockey yet. And there's a chance I might come back to the NHL and start chasing you. Wow, what a cryptic message from Yamir Yager. And I wouldn't pass him, put it past him to do that. It was one heck of a game. It required a shootout. Eventually, Anthony Mantha gets the game winner in overtime. But it was a game that was memorable for one player in particular, Axel Janssen-Fialbi, as he got his first goal in the NHL. Keep it locked on to Locked On Capitals, and I will keep you updated on all your news on the Washington Capitals. Locked On Capitals, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen. For your second listen, download Locked On Bets. All the gambling advice you need in about 20 minutes. Coming up Thursday, is this men's NCAA bracket more wide open than in years past? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.